listening to Decoding Duchenne, brought to you by the charity Duchenne UK, with me, Claire Ronakers. It can take years for potential treatments for Duchenne muscular dystrophy to be tested and proved safe for use on patients. And there are a lot of drugs which have already passed safety tests and which are being used to treat other conditions which may help people with DMD. This is called repurposing and is an area in which Duchenne UK is investing. I'm joined now by the co-founder of Duchenne UK, Emily Crossley. Hello. Hi. And by Dirk Fisher, a professor of neurology at the Children's Hospital in Basel in Switzerland. Hello. Hi. Emily, why is Duchenne UK interested in repurposing and what exactly is it? Well, repurposing is um, where you take a medicine that's already been approved for one disease and you test it to see whether it's beneficial in another. And the reason why this is attractive is because these drugs have been through rigorous safety testing. So when you want to test it for your disease, you only really need to do one clinical trial to prove safety and efficacy rather than having to go through all the stages that the drug will previously have gone through when it was first approved. So it shortens the process. Is it also cheaper? I mean, these are some of these are drugs that have been around for a long time. Yes. I mean, the reason why Duchenne UK is interested in this is because we feel this is an area we can really make impact because these drugs are cheap, they're readily available. We only need to do one clinical trial to prove their safety and efficacy in Duchenne. And, you know, the reality is pharmaceutical companies would be unlikely to do this because most of these drugs are now off patent, so it's very difficult to make a financial return from them. So they wouldn't be making money by investing research into using these drugs for Duchenne exactly. muscular dystrophy. And it, it is expensive. You know, Duchenne UK has committed almost £2 million now to this and other patient organisations have contributed large amounts too. So, you know, the costs of doing these trials are not insignificant. It's just a lot cheaper than doing a, a trial with a compound that you've invented from scratch. But I think what's important to say is, um, you know, we don't know yet whether any of these re repurposed medicines actually work in Duchenne. You know, there's anecdotal evidence that they might. There have been a couple of small studies um, and, you know, patients talk to each other in Facebook groups, they talk online. You know, there's a lot of talk about it in the community but we don't actually know whether these drugs work we haven't done a fully randomized placebo controlled study that will give us the evidence that we need to prove whether or not these repurposed medicines work compared to placebo so that's why we're working with professor fisher to fund a tamoxifen clinical trial but i'll leave him to, to talk about that more yes professor fisher we're going to talk about two drugs today uh, metformin and tamoxifen Tamoxifen, you're currently coordinating a trial on, but we'll come to that in a minute. So let's start with metformin. It's a it's a diabetes drug. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Yes, indeed. What, what does it do? I mean, it's one of the oldest, but still the best known anti-diabetic drugs on the market for more than about 40 years in use. It's well known. The side effect profile is very well known, and the exact mode of action is not completely understood, even it has been on the market for such a long time. Clearly it works for diabetes. What what aspect of, of DMD does it treat? What we know and what is, I think, very interesting for the, uh, Duchenne is that uh, people with diabetes who are obese and that have been treated compared to placebo have increased muscle mass and lowered fatty tissue. And this is something we want to address in Duchenne because we know that the muscle is being transformed into fatty tissue. And if we can reverse this process by a drug which is known to do so, this could be of help. Absolutely, and how effective is it proving? Where are we with trials in metformin and DMD? It's very difficult um, doing trials. We have performed one placebo-controlled monocentric trial, and in this trial, compared to placebo, Duchenne patients on metformin were doing much better. 
but unfortunately we failed a statistically significant. So we haven't really provided the class one evidence needed. So there was an Bec effect, but not a big enough effect. No, the, the, the effect was not really bad because we had only few patients. But I think we have treated not long enough, or we have treated only few patients. So, so we should have done the, the basically the major mistake of this trial, if you want to see. So it was underpowered. So we should have taken more patients, or we should have t treated them for a longer time. And if you'd done that, you were hopeful you might have seen different results or stronger results. I mean, what we have seen, we have all the the endpoints. Endpoints are the measures you use to show efficacy. All the endpoints, the clinical ones, the muscle function, the muscle force, the muscle MRI measuring muscle, muscle degeneration or the muscle necrosis laboratory biomarkers, they all were better in the treated one and were on compared to placebo. But we failed the primary endpoint. We had significant differences in the MRI. So we can say that metformin is reducing the disease progression or the, the transformation of normal muscle tissue into fatty tissue. This was significant. Mm -hmm. But you, if, if you want to license a drug and if you want to get approval, you need to use a clinically meaningful endpoint. And that's why you have a muscle function endpoint, which is not as strong as an MRI, but... So do you, it was about the design of the trial, the issue, yes. not, not about the drug itself. I yeah. think so. I think that the situation we're in now is that you know mo most clinical trials take place over 48 weeks. Dirk's trial uh, was a small trial. It was only in one centre, and it was only over 26 weeks. Exactly. And it probably didn't have the numbers of patients that you needed. It was a 46-boy study, I think. Exactly. So I think where we are now is Dirk's study is definitely interesting, and it shows that there is a potential there to investigate metformin further as a treatment for Duchenne, but we certainly don't have the data yet that we need to say definitively that metformin could be used as a treatment to slow disease progression. And at the moment, Duchenne UK is, is we are in discussions with Dirk about how we take metformin forward, you know, but it is complicated and drug development is expensive, even given the uh, you know advantages of repurposing. So we're still trying to work with regulatory consultants to get guidance on how we go forward and really try and generate robust evidence that would lead to a definitive answer about whether or not metformin could be beneficial for Duchenne. But you are conducting a larger trial in tamoxifen, is that right? Exactly. So how many <laughs> patients have you got on board? What's, what size of trial is tamoxifen? Yeah, this is, um, the main difference compared to the other trial is that um, we have tried to learn from all the good things but also the bad things. And um, to have a proper powered trial, we uh, now treat all the patients for uh, twice as long. Mm -hmm. It's a 48-week trial instead of 26 weeks. And we increase the patient number to about 100 patients. And finally, we try to uh, harmonize uh, the patient population. So the more heterogeneous, the, pa the more variability. Harmonize, you mean have more of the similar type of person? Exactly. So they all mean need a, to, to... At the stage of the disease? Exactly. Okay. The stage of the disease is now uh, less advanced. Before we had some patients included that were almost at the edge of losing the ambulation. All these patients are now excluded. So we believe if you, if you reduce... Uh, the variability you have robuster you, they get statistics better, in the end. To you, yes. Tamoxifen I've heard of in the context of breast cancer. What does it do? That's a very good question because the exact mode of action in or the potential mode of action for slowing the disease in Duchenne is not known. But what we have, we have very good data, uh, preclinical data in animal studies. 
where we see that the histology is improved, necrosis is reduced, uh, the muscle force is improved, and the survival is improved of the of the Duchenne animals. Do I mean I, I understand the context of estrogen? Is it a it's a estrogen receptor modulator? But um, there are different receptors in the human body, and there are different receptors on the muscle tissue. And on some receptors, it's a pro-estrogenic effect. On others, it's an anti-estrogenic effect. So, and what is really doing in a muscle, we don't know. But we know, for example, that men and women don't compete in sports because sexual hormones do have an effect on a muscle. So how does essentially a female hormone help boys with Duchenne? We know that the, even the boys have or men have at very low levels sexual hormones even from because if you want to make testosterone there's a cascade in in, in between there all the other hormones from there's a variety in every person between every person Mm -hmm. and you have these estrogen receptors even in in a male and in the boys and you may have effects which are completely independent from uh, estrogen receptors. So what kind of thing does it do? I mean, is it about muscle function? It's changing the gene expression within the muscle. I mean, in layman's terms, am I right in thinking that, that tamoxifen in the breast tissue switches estrogen off? Yes. And in the muscle and the bone tissue, it switches estrogen on. And the theory is that estrogen can have a protective effect. Yeah. This is, I mean, that's my very this simplistic This is very simplistic and life is always more complicated. Yes. But you, yeah, if, if you want, you can that's take a, this as a mm. most simple message. It, but I mean, again, to clarify that this is just a theory and until we do the placebo yeah. control clinical trial, we won't know yeah. whether or not this does work as a treatment for Duchenne. And what sort of effects, side effects, does it have potentially on boys? There are... Any approved drug has a lot of side effects described in the SPC according to the occurrence and almost everything which has occurred during a trial or after post-marketing surveillance is on this SPC. There's a number of side effects that can happen or have been observed when patients had been taking tamoxifen. But the question is how often and how severe they are. If we have uh, compare the Duchenne patients in Israel, which are on the open trial without placebo, they almost have no side effects, or much less than on steroids, a standard treatment of care for Duchenne. But of course, for this trial we perform now, we have to look for all described side effects. Mm-hmm. So we look for visual disturbances, we look mainly for hormonal disturbances, we look for liver toxicity, we look for uh, renal toxicity, and we look for bone density, everything, and for for changes of uh, the blood count. So we look for everything which has been described, and we have to monitor for everything to make sure that this is really safe. And if this is proved to be safe and efficacious for DMD, is it something that could be used in combination with other drugs? I don't see any obstacle to do so. Yes, then. <laughs> so I think we can use it with other drugs, we can use it with steroids, or we can use it with metformin or something else. Yeah, it could be part of a raft of things that you yes. could give. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Dirk, for explaining it and joining us today, and thank you, Emily. Uh, Duchenne UK is investing money in researching in the effectiveness of repurposing a number of drugs, and you can find out more from the website www.duchenneuk.org where there's also information about how to join clinical trials, details for the charity's fundraising and how it's spending the money raised. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, recommend us to your friends and join us next time.